Hello everyone, this is Jeff Davis, Director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, and we're here today with Sean Henry, yes, Executive Director of Ocali. We're glad to have you. Glad Excited to, be here. to have you. Thank you. We've got some things going on. Yeah, absolutely. Which are a lot of fun. So why don't we start a little bit if you want to I'm guessing folks know, but let's let's chat a little bit about Ocali and all the things that you've got on your plate. Sure. Um, you know, as you know, Ocali was started nearly 15 years ago um, after some recommendations came out from the Ohio legislature. There was a a group, a stakeholder group put together um, to say, what do we need to do to address autism in the state of Ohio? How can we do this better? And some of the other states had, had done similar things like creating recommendations. And, um, and so Ohio said, here's 43 recommendations that we have to, we think, better uh, improve the lives of individuals and their families. Um, and what, from that, uh, two, a couple of many recommendations, but one of the recommendations was, hey, we need a center. Most other states have some center that is helping to actional, you know, to help build the capacity and support. And, um, and out of that was Ocala was a recommendation to build a state center. And, and, uh, and that happened. It was a really uh, awesome thing. And it was a wonderful opportunity to, um, to come back to Ohio uh, for myself when it started to, to say uh, that there's, there's great promise and hope. And boy, uh, it's turned out really, really well. Remarkable. You and your team and everybody that's been supported, right, have done some remarkable things. Maybe let's touch on a few highlights, if you want to, just in in that time. Yeah. Um, some of the highlights over that time was, you know, uh, I would start with that Ohio really took a lead in the interagency work, um, which comes right out of, of, of here. Um, and... I think there was great vision that the original recommendation said that, you know, this center should be a multi-agency center. Um, and so that was actualized through the interagency work group that was put in statute and said, we want you guys to meet with eight different departments. Um, and still going. And yeah, and still still going today. Um, and in that, you know, monthly meet with these, these agencies led by the Department of Developmental Disabilities to have a cross-agency look. We know by the research when things are cross-agency, they're more effective. Mm -hmm. They're more effective for the families and the individuals because we're serving that same family. We're serving that same individual. Um, And it really has led to great relationships, but also it's led to multiple activities um, outside of autism. Uh, The employment first activities Mm -hmm. are really exciting that, again, led out of Department of Developmental Disabilities, but multi-agency. So those, um, the Interagency Work Group on Autism and Employment First um, Committee meet um, twice a year to talk about that work. Some of the most exciting things I've seen um, is is that type of work and the outgrowth of other um, programs. One of the specific programs that was built out of the interagency work group was what we call ASD Strategies in Action. Um, it's a online training that was, again, focused around, we want to build this capacity, and we want to build that capacity for people on the front line. What does that mean? How do we help them? 
right? We often do something for the professional and the person that, you know, is out there that, not that that could not support them, but we don't do enough for those who might be a bus driver, who might be direct support staff. So because the interagency work group was existing, we were able to get people around the room and say, okay, how can we all feed from this? Okay, Department of Developmental Disabilities, what do you need? Department of Education, what do you need? Department of Health, what do you need? Mental health. So we've developed a curriculum, and to do that, we then took that those, um, those areas of focus and we went to a national panel of professionals. And we said, here's what we want to do. We want to find the best practices, marry those right to the needs of these various departments, and produce something that people can watch when they have time, mm-hmm. right? And they can receive um, the information on any device, on any computer, and also potentially even receive a credential with it. That, um, that took off uh, just several years ago. We now have more than 50,000 people. Seeing what we can do with technology, particularly virtual reality, in training frontline, let's say frontline staff, but it's applicable, it will be applicable more than that. But um, we asked you, we came to you and asked you if you would think of the concept of what's the next step in advanced technology and helping both onboard our direct support professionals and preparing them for certain situations. Unfortunately, you are only glad to, I hope, too glad to say, yeah, we're going to take a stab at that with you. So you're, we're on that path. Now take us down that path. Where yeah, are you no, I mean, and- I'm excited. Your vision for that um, and being able to see that and, and see how it connects to the training was, um, a, you bet, an opportunity we were ready to jump at. You know, virtual reality is something that has been talked about for a long time. Um, part of my, uh, we, when I was at the University of Louisville, we were trying to, trying to look at it, looking to this, you know, mm-hmm. into this use of virtual reality right. and what, what, what could happen. However, the technology never matched the, the, our ability to make it happen, right? And your timing and saying, let's look at this as a possibility. We are now ready. It is applica- applicable in classrooms. It's applicable in homes, right? I mean, uh, you, know, you walk into a bedroom and a kid could have, uh, you know, this virtual reality mask on, and it's being used in multiple industries. So for you to bring it into our industry, right, into supporting individuals is really exciting. So, yeah, so um, as you mentioned, you, you know, you, we got to have the basics first. <laughs> got to start there. What are these most important things we could look at to support individuals, and how could virtual reality be the application to then give them the skill. So that project, as we've been working on um, with all the staff here, is really looking at communication, right? Everyone and every person should have their way of being able to communicate and and being respected. And so we started looking at, okay, what, what does that mean? And so what we came down to is, you know, you know, noticing and being a better observer. So tell it. Let's jump to tell us what you're. We're sort of calling it. Did you notice the title being "Did you notice?" is really about a parent came up with that 
title because so often they're working with the direct support staff and they would say, did you notice this? Thank you. Did you notice this? It's applicable to all professionals in our system. That's right. And and so when we look at that and we we think about um, it's exactly what we need, like noticing something that may be atypical, it's still a form of communication. Sometimes we, we want to jump and call it a behavior, but that behavior is a form of communication. And so we want to make sure that people notice some big, right? Some may be allowed, some might be, and some might be really, uh, if you will, soft, or you might not hear it, but it might really be about your proximity to a door, your proximity to a window, your um, maybe your movements with your hands that show that you might be excited about something. The facial expression. It could be so a fa- very simple. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, when those pass us, we've just not patip- honored that communication intent. And so this is like kind of a almost, if you will, pre-training on a strategy, but starts with the empathy that you have been talking about so so often that we must understand the individual must respect them and have the empathy for them um, in the moment. And this is really at the heart of it is empathy. How do you see this implemented? So we, we get these developed. I mean, I, you know, from my perspective, right, this is our, this is our first, we're going to continue with this if, if we find that it works like we hope to. But so we roll these out, um, your thoughts on how best we do that. <clears throat> As we um, roll this out into the communities and start to, to study it, what we can, what we can do is have um, a couple of things going on at, at one time, right? Kind of study how things are working without this. We then could have the online training that they take in the module as they learn about being more empathetic and understanding um, the individual just through the 15 to 20 minute training. And the third study will be, okay, now that you've been immersed in this, what does that look like and how has that helped you? And we can kind of do a comparative study of those three um, so we have some control around it. And then I think really getting a lot of feedback from the end users because what's great about the virtual world and this training is we can change it immediately, right? We can add variables into it. And so I think that th- that feedback will then guide us to um, to just continuous improvement, right? And I, and so I think we're going to find that it works. You're you're involved with soil. You're doing some really wonderful things with with other state agencies and other systems. Let's let's chat a little bit about that. You know, one of the things we're we're working on um, currently, again across systems, is is looking at the multi-system youth. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we support individuals? And their families, um, because uh, right, it's called multi-system because they are being um, impacted and supported by. But how do we best do that? So obviously, there's a great deal of attention. And so one of the areas of focus that we have with the department is creating this uh, a training that used to be face to face. And you ask, hey, how do we put this online? Let's get this online. Let's get this to more people. Others need it. So we're taking that training and turning it into about 14 modules. Those are specific strategies. 
different from our, our training around virtual reality, this is the next step in what strategies can be used and how, and then we get specific, right? In sensory, in communication, in structure, right? All these things that people need. Then you're getting into evidence-based practices. So I'm really excited about that work. But again, it's multi-system. Let's talk more about, uh, you know, individuals with autism and what our next steps are. Really, um, with all the different nuance, right, and the difference. How do, let's, how do we continually do uh, improve in our efforts to 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 help them with gainful employment? Whether it's preparing providers or preparing Though you know professionals that assist or what I mean, how how are we really going to hit our stride? Because and you can tell me if we have. I, I just think we've got right. Yeah. yeah on the um, when we look at the gains we need to have in employment, um, it's things that you've talked about uh, that that really we need to improve. And I know the work you're you're doing um, with other agencies. Uh, with Director Miller, but looking at how do we engage the employers? How do we get training to those employers? How do we get training to the the people that, that are in that arena? So again, I think there's application around virtual reality, right? Um, there's some big industries that have looked at trying to support individuals with autism. Um, and their question is, what do we need to do? How do we need to do it? What training should we do? And those industries are really looking to say, hey, hey, help us out. And I think some of the things that you've already invested in, we just need to get that relationship and that bridge built. I don't think any of us would mind being in the lead, would we? No, absolutely. I think this is, uh, we're really seeing the advancements we've had in early childhood work, right, in school age, but now with these various forms of training, including podcasting that you're doing right here, um, this is what people. This is how people are learning, and they want to know how to support because they do see the benefits, right? Mm-hmm. But they want to make sure that they don't do anything "quote unquote" wrong, right? How do I best support that staff member once they get here? That's their concern, as we know, and we've talked about. This is also that long-term systems work we have to do because. When an individual is typically losing a job or something happens, it's typically in that social aspect and working well with others that has been um, and, and has shown in the research. If we could start earlier with really a, a high focus around those that area, um, we could be supporting the individual before they get to um, to that place that they hopefully uh, stay gainfully employed. But it takes time um, to do that. Some is on the individual themselves, but also, as you mentioned, it's on the industry and increasing their awareness. Well, Sean Henry, what a delight this was. I think if you're amenable, we'll come back and do this again, won't we, as we get farther and further down the path and, and uh, next steps and all we're going to do in the future. So we are, I am, more appreciative than you know. No, I, I, we're honored to be able to do and work with with you, the department, and and others in the state. This is uh, this is a lot of hope around the work that's happening. Yeah. We're gonna do good things. Yeah, absolutely, together. <laughs>